we don't seize on every misspoken word. We seize on things that people say that are completely wrong and hurtful and often quite criminal in their thinking. I do have a lot of respect for Andrew Bolt. I don't always agree with his line on things, but I did think on this particular thing when he used the phrase that Paris Street had been hit on to describe a sports teacher's predatory behaviour. That was gut-wrenching to me. People aren't talking about the game as a whole and the culture and the, the overall improvement and the overall skills. They're actually talking about whether they're good or bad players. This book is fabulous. Like Oprah, I could not put it down, Caro. It's just riveting. It's my all-in-one outfit that I'm wearing right now. You look very nice I can't believe onesie. I'm actually rocking the onesie, which is not something I would normally rock. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. everyone and welcome to Don't Shoot the Messenger. I'm Corey Perkin and this is episode 116 of our little podcast and I'm joined as I am every week with my dear friend Caroline Wilson who is off to Congress, not the one in Washington but the one no, on, the much Gold more Co- fun. <laughs> on the <laughs> Gold much Coast. Much more interesting. I'll be at the. Um, I'll be reporting back next week. Oh God, we Corrie. can't wait for that, Carol. And don't shoot the messenger, oh, listeners. Stop the presses, Miss Jane. We're going to hear about five days of bridge. No, no, no. Three, Corey. We're only doing the teams event. It's the first one I've ever done. It's you at the said convention to me you had to pack seven, seven outfits. Well, or no, something. because I'm no, because we have Brendan and I are going to have a little mini break at the end. Well, you can We're wear the same clothes. I'm, no, I'm, it's also a work trip. I'm checking out the new. Um, this morning you're in a tease about how much you I'm had checking, to pack. Well, quote don't, unquote. You and it's I. It's very hard to pack for Congress. Oh, you and, <laughs> well, you know why? Because a lot of the ladies and gentlemen who have been in the past say, look, yes, it's a Gold Coast. Yes, it's warm, albeit raining, I'm, I gather. But you need a wrap or a cardigan because it gets very cold with the air conditioning in the in – the, and the last time I was in this convention centre, in fact, I was covering the AFL draft. So that sort of shows where my life has gone. But anyway, I am spending some time at the Sun's new facilities. I'm going to the Queen concert. I'm going to my favourite restaurant, I think, in all of Australia next at Brunswick Heads, which is called Fleet. I can't believe I actually, that's my big ticket item. All right, well, let's let's. And I'm playing lots of bridge. All right, well, we don't want to hear about it this week. Let's, we'll have to endure it next week. Um, Potties, we've got a great and quick episode for you today, flying through heaps of issues, um, public gaffes and the ongoing uh, harm that they can cause. We're going to have it just touch on Stan Grant's most excellent Adam Goods documentary, which went to free to air this week. Caro has a film. She's been, I don't know whether you've been to the pictures well, or the television. Well, it's a screen. I was finally going to go and see Jojo Rabbit for you in the podcast, but it was such, the weekend was so beautiful. I just couldn't leave the garden and the beach. So sorry. I hope you've got something to I've tell us. I've got two brilliant screens. Oh, good. Okay. And I have a book and a recipe, but first our housekeeping, any apologies or matters arising, Caroline? Just one apology, not really an apology pertaining to your recipe, our friend Kelly. Which recipe? Our recipes in general. Oh. Our friend Kel, Kelly Ireland, who formerly of Sydney, now Brisbane. Oh, she's she's a Married very, to Andrew very international girl. It was put to me um, by a close friend of Kelly's that sometimes our recipes just have far too many ingredients and why can't we do some simple recipes? So I think that was her husband telling you that at an <laughs> AFL function, which I think no. is hilarious that people come up to you at an AFL function and talk about recipes on the podcast. It was actually the Sport Australia Awards. Oh, very well, funny. you know, that's I even, was so thrilled. even more bizarre. I'm so thrilled that Kelly is listening. Um, she's just, I'm so thrilled that Andrew's listening. I'm not sure if Andrew's listening. 
amazing. She's a fabulous person. And um, Hello, Kelly, Kelly, the next few weeks, that is our resolution. We're going to go back to basics. We're going to and do simple got a, as easy. And you cook something very simple for me on the weekend. I and did. You're going to tell me how you did it. I am indeed, but not now. Just a couple of uh, messages via Facebook and Instagram, of course. MS Rule, uh, referring to my uh, beef last week about greedy landlords of retail spaces, um, said, couldn't agree more, re-greedy retail landlords. Thanks for that. And Lisa Nichols said, hi, guys, interesting news. Two nights of footy classified, my absolute favourite show. Hmm. <laughs> Lisa, I have to get alive. And she says, how about one night on the AFLM and one night on the AFLW? That'll shake the patriarchs up. Oh, what a kef- what a ridiculous kerfuffle that was when um, Steve Hocking had the temerity to suggest that maybe they would go back and look at AFLM. They're not going to do it, but talk about the people jumping on the AFL. for That was a pile-on of mammoth and ridiculous proportions. Anyway, um, Cara, another good job by the Outer Sanctum. One of our gang, Vicky, um, she's been a potty for a long time and she's referring to one of our earlier podcasts where you mentioned um, the mascara. Uh, Caro once spoke about a mascara that women use after having chemo once their eyelashes are growing back. I've been walking that path these past 10 months and need extremely good mascara. Well, lots of love to you, Vicky. Hope that's all going well. Um, no, Vicky. So she's looking for fabulous eyelashes. What's your tip? Well, in fact, it was a good local tip from um, the sister of Anna from the op shop, Julie from the op shop. And she um, told me, she told it, she said every, everyone should use it because it's such great mascara. And it, she referred to it as chemo mascara. But she found it. Somebody told me you could buy it in the King's Arcade in Armadale, um, and I'm not sure exactly where, but I reckon you just Google it. I reckon from you memory, just Google from it, memory, Vicky. I think there's a little um, rather small but quaint um, beautician in that arcade. Maybe yeah. that's where they sell yeah, it. Yeah, they've got the brow bar. They've got one of those brow theory or brow bars there. But, but Vicky, I, if you're receiving treatment, and yeah, absolutely all the best to you, I'm sure that someone would be able to tell you where to get it. But well, it's maybe apparently some, brilliant. If one of our podcast listeners has any clues on that, we would love to hear your feedback. Contact Miss Jane or just pop it on our Instagram account or whatever. Now, challenges for February, Caro. How's your shedding going? Uh, threw out another pair of shoes. <laughs> Oh. Didn't buy anything Stop new. Stop the presses. Didn't buy anything new. Tempted to. You did so. No, what? You told my daughter that you bought something the no, other day. No, that was three weeks ago. I told oh, you that. Oh, that was a January purchase. At the, at the Trinary sale <laughs> in Sydney. Um, it's my, the what? It's my all-in-one outfit that I'm wearing right now. You look very nice I in your onesie. I can't believe I'm actually rocking the onesie, which is not something I would normally rock. <laughs> and also a couple more pictures and talked my darling son in this, a beautiful poster that he's got, but it's enormous, and he's going to live overseas. Well, I said I must, it's, it's time to take it down to the auction house. I must say when I came for Scrabble the other afternoon, dare I say, one, two games in a row, Jane. I know, and you told me you were off, I, I was off my game. I just I did, didn't, I did, you beat me. I, did I, know, I, did notice, right. I did notice that you didn't mention to any of our friends on the weekend, because we shared a few outings together, you didn't mention it once that I won the two Scrabbles. Corrie. The walking girls, like, well, didn't why didn't say, you? by the way, well, I don't boast about my activity. Well, neither anyway, do I. Anyway, as I was sitting in your lovely Things sitting room, amazing. I did notice there were fewer items in the mm. room. 
And you, know, you said you had shed from that room, so I could day, actually see that you're shedding. Some things have been put into um, our new shed, but some things I just put out the front of the house. And I'm so happy when I look out outside two hours later and they're gone. Because I know some, because I've done it. I've, you know, I'm often picking up things by the side of the road. Don't you, isn't it a bit depressing? I've done that before, left things out, and four days later they're still there, and you just think, oh, God. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Bad purchase. I yeah. obviously have really bad taste. Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah, look, it probably. But it is amazing how often everything gets snapped up. So my, what about my you? challenge was to cut down my screen time, in particular Instagramming, social media, that kind of thing. And I'm here to report, looking at my phone right now, 47% down from last week. I'm down to two hours and 43 minutes per week. Gosh, that's fantastic. I think that screen time actually includes... When I look at news and things, you know, I don't think it's just, I don't think, I don't think it actually, the phone itself works out the difference between Instagram as opposed to say reading the Washington Post app or something. I'm not sure. Well, I anyway, I I'm down. They're, they're, they're pretty savvy these days, Corey. They, they hear got... you, don't they? When you talk, you mention something and then all of a sudden the ads pop up. Yeah, I know. It's a I bit know. Scary. I know. And, and when you're um, looking up something. Something that you've been doing lately relevant to that will yes, come up. Yes, your algorithm suddenly registers uh, with Google and all these ads come up. I did. I have. I'm so excited because I've got a really good challenge for next month. Okay, it's going to be for the whole year, actually. Oh God, one of those. Okay, so I want to get onto a slightly serious topic, Caro, um, which uh, is public gaffes made by public people. And did you see Andrew Bolt's apologised. Uh, yeah, I did see Andrew Bolt had apologised. So for those who what? didn't. For those who didn't see this, Sky News commentator Andrew Bolt last week apologised to former St Kevin's student Paris Street, who of course was the um, the young man who was interviewed on Four Corners last week, that extraordinary expose on St Kevin's. Um, Since we spoke last week, of course, three St Kevin's staff have been stood down or suspended. It's been incredible, and this is, this including is a, the principal. Yeah, and this is a scandal that has um, extended Bo- over to Xavier because, you know, former deputy heads there and now it, it it's quite extraordinary. Well, it's just prolific. And um, Andrew Bolt really, uh, you know, look, I, I, I do have a lot of respect for Andrew Bolt. I don't always agree with his line on things, but I did think on this particular thing when he used the phrase that Paris Street had been hit on to describe a sports teacher's predatory behaviour. I just thought that was just really, uh, that was gut-wrenching to me. As soon as I heard it, I felt so uncomfortable. And, of course, the world erupted saying that's just not how you should be explaining these things. And to his Jer- credit, Andrew Bolt did apologise. Well, it took him a few days, Corrie. But he, Car- it, it took him until the weekend. and But often they don't think that, you see, they just don't think that they've really done anything wrong sometimes. How can you, I mean, I'm not going to describe what happened to Paris Street or what he said happened and, and what, you know, what caused this bloke to be convicted of grooming. But to say that all he did was hit on a student... Was and then for Jared Henderson to pipe back, oh, this was just a pile. This is a pile on by the ABC, and I think Andrew Bolt was f- first taking people to task. I didn't say only. I didn't say all. Look, just it, to just say it was you, it was an, mucked up. It was a disgusting abuse of power, and and it was a disgusting act. It was disgusting. I'm, it was terrible. It was inappropriate. I'm going off, Andrew. I mean, after and will you watch the Adam Goods documentary for the first time, The Australian Dream? I mean, some of those comments. He made, and and some of the commentary he made at the time, and even with hindsight, you know, he's tempered a bit, which they do in the Australian Dream, whereas um, in the Ian Darling documentary, you just get to hear what people said exactly Mm. at the time. It 
It is just so thoughtless and brutally bullying. I, I just well, Caro, again with it. that most excellent doco that went to air on Sunday night. Um, this is the one written by Stan Grant, and um, they do cutaways and so on. Adam Goods participates in this one, unlike the Ian Darling, but. Uh, I was so impressed by the talking heads, Nova Pierce Kneebone and um, various Indigenous football Gilbert players. McAdam, and so on. Yeah, yep. it was fantastic. Nicky mm. Winmar, of course, all very thoughtful. And, of course, Adam Goods himself looking straight to camera, um, talking about Scenes the impact of racism. Oh, oh, gosh, it was, so, it was such a great documentary. But, again, Eddie Maguire with his, you know, firstly, the, how he managed the Collingwood, the young girl, the supporter in the crowd who, who called... Goods and Ape. And then a few days later on his own radio program, again making a public gaffe, uh, referring to, like, you know, referring to the King Kong, the musical, in relation to to Adam Goods. As I watched him do this and say this, I just thought whatever is in their head, whatever is their moral code on this, whether we agree or disagree, remember that you're a public figure of influence and people look up to you. You're just like, don't say that. Eddie was a gaffe. I mean, clearly... He claims he was on back medication. Look, I don't know. He was overtired, whatever. It was a shocking thing to say. Andrew Bolt was a thought-out, premeditated TV show. And the, the guy the queen, who was yeah, investigating the, Yeah, the um, senior Queensland the detective. Hannah Clark. Exactly, and her children. So he went to, as they do, they do a stand-up with the media, you know, said how shocking this is and terrible, but he asked people to keep an open mind as to whether the deaths of Hannah Clark and her children were a case of, quote-unquote, the husband being driven too far. So those comments, keeping an open mind, and the, a case of the husband being driven too far, of course, he was completely ostracised. He immediately regretted it. The Queensland Police Commissioner, Katerina Carroll, apologised to the public and apologised to Hannah's family. Detective Inspector Mark Thompson is stricken and has agreed to be stood down from the case, which I think probably was the Commissioner's only course of action there, although uh, he, I gather he is an outstanding detective and there's no question about that. He just said the wrong thing at the wrong time. But it's really, it's really damaging, you, isn't you it? You wonder how on earth that could come into your mind after what happened to that family. So, well, what's and, his then, co- and what's his core value? So you start questioning what is his core value? And there's a, a really articulate, lovely Renee Eves, who's a domestic violence victims advocate. I think she's actually based in Brisbane where Hannah was. And she said, this is nothing short of a flashing billboard about the mindset by some police around domestic violence. So that's the bigger issue. And, so, then, and then our old friend Bettina Arndt chimed in, and and interesting that they she are ain't now. She ain't no friend of mine, Carol. Well, they're considering. They're now reconsidering. They've confirmed that the board who reviews these um, Australia Day awards and such public honours are going to meet and review her the award she received after Australia Day, which provoked outrage well before these comments, but. The bit that really got me, so she's congratulated the police for keeping an open mind, blah, blah, blah. But note the misplaced outrage. How dare police deviate from the feminist script of seeking excuses and explanations when women stab their partners to death or drive their children into dams, but immediately judging a man in these circumstances. Now, I'm sorry, there's no feminist script here. This is not a battle of the sexes. This is a man who has murdered his family. And we know this, Carol, because ha- when Hannah had the petrol thrown on her, mm. she jumped out of the car 
Um, Enlisted his crimes. And, and, and yeah. as the paramedics were working with her, she went through, she detailed the whole thing before she went into an unconscious state. So, and there were witnesses. So we know we know the facts. I here. mean, I, I, I know Bettina Arndt has made a living in later life of becoming a bit of a man defender. And I, I don't mind some of the stuff she says. I heard her interview by Neil Mitchell defending her. Uh, was it an AM, I think, or, or whatever she got on the Australia Day Honours, and defending the fact that she actually was a clinical psychologist when people say she's not and blah, blah, blah. But that that comment was the most insensitive, ridiculous pile-on by her and premeditated, and she could lose her gong because of it. Caro, that also reminds me of Mike Bloomberg, the Democrat wannabe presidential uh, candidate, who last week in the Nevada debate was challenged by Elizabeth Warren and others about his and his company's case cases, 40 probably more in terms of sexual harassment or inappropriate comments to women cases that have been hush-hushed and the people, the women have been paid out. So Elizabeth Warren was like a dog with a bone on this one. And as Mike Bloomberg is trying to get himself out of this hole, out of his mouth pops the words, none of them accuse me of doing anything other than, well, maybe they didn't like a joke I told. And the whole audience grown. And it's like, would you just get a grip of what's happening here? Have you not heard of hashtag me too? What was he thinking? So, of course, as a result of that and a couple of other major gaffes he made along the way, he, the man who a week ago seemed to be the, the man most likely and the saviour of the Democrat Party has suddenly just shot himself in the foot and it's, he's, 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 he is sky, sky rolling down. Um, no, well, there seems to be a clear leader in that race. But but the extension of this is that when people say something stupid or, you know, and, and as I say, gaff sort of understates sometimes how crazy and wrong these statements are, and I, I use Andrew Boltz as one of those, um, then we get politicians and their advisors saying, well, what's the point of saying anything because you're going to shoot us down? What happened to just good public sensibilities and knowing having the right thought in your head to say the right thing at the right right. time. Why can't politicians give interviews and actually say something and answer questions and not just stick to their own script, instead actually answer questions from the public through the media? But But they use the fact that people seize on... We don't seize on every misspoken word. We seize on things that people say that are completely wrong and hurtful and often quite criminal in their thinking. Well, Amy Klobuchar, again, another... um candidate for the Democrat leadership. Again, in the in the Nevada debate last week, she was tackled by my, uh, by Pete Buttigieg because she had earlier in an interview forgotten the name of the Mexican president. So Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete saying, well, you should know these things. If you're going to be the president of the United States, you should know. And she said, look, I had a brain fade. I just didn't remember. And I apologised at the time. And I've gone back and listened to the interview. And she's just completely mea culpa. Now, people are understanding. I think we all think, oh, you know, hard day in the office, forgot the name for a moment. It's very different to somebody like Eddie Maguire making a really insensitive crack about King Kong and Adam Goods and linking them together. It's quite a different thing. I think people are forgiving if we make a mistake. Goodness sakes, you and I have said things on this podcast and you in your your space with uh, radio and also the television program. And you can be very loose sometimes, (laughs) Corrie. As Kevin, as Kevin from Geelong reminds us, on that ga- on that gaff and, and commentary and so on, that's a nice segue actually into AFLW's. Uh, there's a little storm brewing there. Can you fill us in on what's happening there? Oh well, that was um, it. Start or it started over a week ago when um, 
Look, Taylor Harris had a, a poor game and her opponent sort of made the comment that, you know, she, I reckon she was just echoing what the coach had probably been saying to her all week. Keep at her, keep at her, keep at her. She's a great mark. She's this, she's that, but on the ground she's useless. So the word useless was just used again, again and again. Now, what is happening now is that um, people are actually criticising not so, the how, so how game. did this criticism come out about Taylor? Was it through a post-game Twitter or interview. Oh, no, okay. post game interview media, on TV? Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was why it was yeah, such that, a big that's deal. Pretty public. And everyone said Taylor's fine about it, but the next day she said something like a lion doesn't lose much sleep over the comment of a I can't remember I can't remember the animal she used, but it was mouse. It was something. fairly was fairly insulting. The point is, is that um and of course, all the usual haters piled on, you know, as they do on social media. I don't know why any of these girls would even think about going on social media. There were such idiots out there. But um, what what is happening is that when people aren't talking about the game as a whole and the culture and the the overall improvement and the overall skills, good or bad, or they're actually talking about whether they're good or bad players. And um, what happened last week in the Richmond Gold Coast game? the new Richmond captain, formerly of the Western Bulldogs, had a poor game. And he's actually had a poor start to the season. And Mark Robinson wrote a column saying, look, you know, statistically, she's actually not performing. She's had a, she's had a poor start to the season. A couple of good um, moments in the um, Richmond-North Melbourne game where they got absolutely thrashed in round three. But, yeah, it, and so people – she was really upset and um, people were saying, oh, I don't know if you can say that. or, But in fact, what is happening now is that people are actually looking at these players like they are with the men and saying, no, you know, they're not good enough. They're not playing well. And I, I've found that the Which change... Which is what 40 commentators have been doing for over 100 yeah, years. <laughs> I think it's really good. I think it's really good. And so what What the, the basic argument is... Sorry, what these, do you think is really good? The people are criticising the women for their skills. Yeah, okay, actually okay, writing. Right. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yep. Critical articles. Yeah. So, but it's as I said, it's been that's been happening for a hundred years of the men's code. Why? Why should the women? Um, and the the other thing, Corrie, which not is also be scrutinised with their performance. Is it new younger women are coming into the game and starting the game a bit younger, or they're not the pioneers, but they're the new players, and they're actually playing better. Than the some of the older players, so Katie Brennan, the Richmond captain I referred to, was and and you know uh, I think Sabrina Frederick, another Richmond player who was a big name recruit that they took from Brisbane, they just haven't had didn't have great starts to the season. And a male football writer, and you know this is where it gets a bit you know should he have said that? That was a debate over the weekend on the offsiders and all the sports shows. Should he have even made those comments? And he didn't take them well. Well, that's the job of a sports commentator. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a sign that the, mm. the league is actually growing up. Caro, you have a crush. Oh, Corrie, I've I've sort of copied you in this one, but I've got to say it this week, and you've been you caught up with her over the weekend. I've got to um, give Billy a cheerio. She's my crush of the week, my chocolate Labrador. I mean, Bearsy was your crush once, remember? No, I'm not laughing, but I, 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 <laughs> actually said, I actually said your dog's really, really old. I think she's suffering. I don't understand why that triggered off. 
No, because I was looking at I her this morning. I wasn't very complimentary is when what I got, I'm saying. But no, I said you were with her this week. Oh, I was, yeah, but I wasn't very complimentary. She's beautiful. Oh, She's I, a beautiful dog. I adore dog. Billy. I adore She's Billy. She's getting old. She can't move. What I, yes, she can. I actually took her down to the Oval. <laughs> Why we thought she'd run out the gate and gone down the road when we found the gate open. I knew, I knew, I knew that was did not we the case. Suddenly, did we suddenly think that she'd half under the bed discovered her seven-year-old self? Look, what I love about my dog is that even though he's running up and down the street calling out Billy, thinking, Why am I calling out Billy? She's deaf. He every morning he wakes up, he is so happy to see me, he wags her tail, he never complains. He never complains. He never whines. She can't. He does exactly as he's told. She can't complain. She's a dog. She well, she still is able to bark occasionally. Trust me, she can still bark. Anyway, I just want to mention what a beautiful dog he is and how much what wonderful company he was over the weekend. And I said goodbye to her because I'm going away for a few days. And I just thought I'd say make Billy my crush of the week. He's sixteen. And do you think this is the goodbye? Oh no, I don't think it's the last goodbye. But is she I don't, in that bad shape? I don't think she's got much longer. I just made a crack about her. I mean, walking. she's a Labrador who's over sixteen. Oh, I no. think. Let's face it, she's not got long for this world. Oh, she's God, been such it's, a good dog. So sad. I mean, when so Billy when years. Billy goes, that's like the end of the original threesome. Isn't I know. It? I know. We'll force him actually. Now, on a happier note, let's go to BSF. Well, it's actually you have a B. Yeah. Well, it's not as not as happy as you think. So, this is the book that everyone in the US is talking about, and swiftly, dare I say, the book clubs of Melbourne. It's called American Dirt by Janine Cummings, who is an American author. And it is the story of a a wife and a mother who, for a variety of tragic reasons, um, Lydia and Luca, her eight-year-old son, have to hit the road and leave their home in Acapulco Mm -hmm. and travel to the US as illegal migrants slash refugees. Lydia runs a bookstore in Acapulco, Mexico. Her husband, Sebastian, is a journalist. They have a very happy middle-class life. They both come from two big extended families. They have this one beautiful child, Luca, um, who, as I said, is eight. Tragedy strikes. Luca and Lydia have to flee, and they decide to head for the US border which is several hundred kilometres away, and they become part of the travelling band of South American and Mexican refugees. And part of their story, as they make their way, way north, is involves the death train, El Tren de la Muerte, if you can um, and understand my Spanish, which is pretty bad. Um, but this is the network of Mexican freight trains, Caro, that... Um, are very much involved in US-bound migrants travelling quickly the length of Mexico. They're also known as la bestia, the beast. And what happens is that illegal migrants will try and board these trains and they lie on the top of the trains to get the several hundred kilometre dash. The trouble is getting on and off these trains, people have died, people lose limbs. Uh, In the case of Lydia and her son, they stand on an overhead bridge and then they're told to jump. So you can imagine how terrifying this is. This book prompts you to start Googling this issue about which we know very little here in Australia. And I tell you what, some of the videos of these people mounting La Bestia, you can only imagine the horrors they are escaping. 
it's reminiscent of all the stuff we've read about people trying to avoid going to Auschwitz, the incredible bravery that comes with survival and craziness too. And yet it's caused a bit of controversy, hasn't it? It has indeed. Even though so, people have read it so they can't put it down. Well, it, it received a six-figure – Janine received a six-figure sum from her publisher for this manuscript and it was hotly contested. And it's had rave reviews from people such as John Grisham, Grisham and Patchett, a number of eminent uh, book reviewers in the US. And then the, what caused the fur to fly, Caro, was in on January 21st, Oprah announced that it was going to be the book club pick. And she described American dirt. She said, from this first sentence I was in, like so many of us, I've read newspaper articles and watched television news stories and seen movies about the plight of families looking for a better life. But this story changed the way I see what it is meant it means to be a migrant in a whole new way. There was this massive backlash, Caro and Jane, when Oprah went live with this. The Latinx community felt that Cummings, because she's not in a Mexican, she's not Mexican and she's not a migrant, had no right to write this story. Um, that she had no right to appropriate it as her own, which she doesn't. She she's written a fictional account. She she says Janine has done number of a number of interviews, lots of research. She's travelled the border. She's gone into the camps on the border, the US border, talking talk to people about this sort of thing, and. Anyway, fur flew left, right and centre, mainly from um, Mexican and Latino writers who just felt that it was so inappropriate and that she glossed over stuff and it was just, you know, not a good not a good read. So Oprah, Oprah decided that she's going to, and this will go to air in March if anybody's interested, particularly book clubs if they study this book, on her Apple TV channel, Oprah is going to host a debate between the author and other members of the Latinx community about their concerns to do with American Dirt. This book is fantastic. Fabulous. Like Oprah, I could not put it down, Caro. It's just riveting. Um, it shows us a whole new uh, whole new world, which we kind of read about a la Donald Trump and building walls and all of that. But uh, criticisms have, have been laid on the fact that it is slightly glossed over for the American market. They've made it palpable, a very, a very awful subject palpable. Well, you know what we're all talking about. Is that it. such a bad palatable, thing? Palatable. Sorry, not palpable. Palatable. No. Well, that's, oh, I isn't love that it. the question about fiction? It I sound, mean, it'll be good this, for sales. And does this mean, does this mean that, you know, if I do five years of research, say for example, I'm Elliot Perlman and I write The Street Sweeper about the death camps in Auschwitz. Does that mean that I am not able to write that story because it's fiction? I've never pretended it's non-fiction. Anyway, raises lots hand, of issues. Remember the hand that signed the paper, yes. which actually was quite a good book. But because, unfortunately, yes, she, made Ellen up her, she made up her own story, sadly. Well, I was a chief football writer of the age for 19 years and... Don't think I've don't think I've ever played a game of football. Anyway, that's a completely. <laughs> it's, so it's just it, that's really no. Like, but it, but, I but mean, anyway, it's I just true. I just wanted to say this is the la- this is my last comment about this book. Whether you agree or disagree, don't make up your mind until you've read this book. A lot of people have said, particularly high flying literary people in the US, I will not read this book. I don't agree. It will I actually do yourself a favour and read it, and then make up your own minds. Great one for book club, American Dirt. Caro, what's your screen? Two screens this week, um, two um, of those ones, those series you, you get hooked on and binge watch. They're both British. One came out, I think, in Britain in 2018 or 19, and I know there's going to be a second series, and that's Temple. I absolutely love this show. It stars Mark Strong, who we love, and Daniel Mays, who was in um, Fisherman's Friends. Yes, um, I love. Um, and he, in fact, both of them are also in um, 19... 
17. Yeah, interestingly enough. This is Mark Strong is a doctor who goes rogue, sets up an illegal practice in the dungeons below Temple Station, which is where I used to work when I lived in London for a few years in the 80s. So it's a place well known to me. It's a mystery. It does jump the shark occasionally. And the, it is an absolutely riveting, riveting account. It's all about medical practices, experiments. There's a very, very several interesting backstories involving his late wife, or is she, and other what? members of the family. Is it a man? No, she's she dead. Oh, okay. Just watch it. It's brilliant. You will love it. The other one, which completely jumps the shark. And Jane, I've really got you giggling today. I Temple. must have my funny hat on. Temple. The other one is The Stranger. Have you seen The Stranger? No, I haven't seen a thing well, this for is weeks. A, this is a Netflix one. Um, it only came out earlier this year, I reckon, or it certainly came out in Australia earlier this year on Netflix. This has got a great cast. It's got uh, Jennifer Saunders, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. But Love she her. plays a very, very different sort of role. It starts out, a stranger approaches a man who seems very happy in his domestic bliss life with his lovely neighbours and his wife and children and confronts him with a secret about his wife. And that is what she does, this stranger. She confronts people through the whole show. Richard Armitage. Also, is, she's a bit of a sleuth. Well, she gets a bit of dirt on you, and yeah, it's got it's got. Does remember, she hold you to ransom? Remember, does remember, she say I've got this dirt on you, and you must some pay people me money? she blackmails, and some people she doesn't. Mm. Remember Dervla Kerwin? Yes, um, yes, from Bellicus Angel. Yeah, and uh, she's in it. God, I loved Bellicus um, Angel. who was the. Reform junkie sister in Happy Valley. She's a great actress. She's one of the main characters. She's the cop. Oh, sounds great. It, I'm in. By the last, clearly again, like Temple, there's going to be another series. By the last episode, you're going, oh, there's a few bits here that don't. It over, it does, as my sister always says, jumps the shark, but it's very, very good. Can I so also that, say, Carol, that's my that two screens. Doc Martin new series on Saturday night's ABC. <laughs> and so the premise. This, I, I thought I was over Doc Martin, not at all. He and Louisa are trying for a second child. I'm just so glued to it. I'm loving Endeavour. Endeavour this series oh, of Endeavour, there's one left to go. Oh, it is riveting. I've just been sitting there the watching reruns of Kevin MacLeod thinking, why on earth didn't I go to the convention centre last week to see oh, him? That would have been good. Watch why, en- why didn't I get that ticket? Watch Endeavour on your ABC iView. There's okay. one to go. Now, I have re- a recipe. You have a simple recipe. Simple. You ask for simple. This is so simple it's scary. So this is uh, this comes from my dear friend and now cousin by marriage, Susie Rogers-Wilson, who gives cooking classes. She is a terrific cook, chef whatever we want to call her. And this recipe, Caro, uh, I well, Kelly's shackles are going up. It's a cooking class recipe. I thought it was simple. I acquired, I acquired <laughs> this when I was newly married and went to a few of Susie's classes to learn how to cook, and I must have been about 23 or 24, I think. So uh, that's how long I have been doing this recipe. Potatoes. It's roast potatoes, okay? Kelly, listening, got your pen. Won't take you very long. Now, I prefer um, the Desiree potatoes, which are the pink ones. Susie in her recipe says chat potatoes, up to you, whichever you prefer. Boil them for 15 or 20 minutes. Susie says you, can, you don't have to peel them. I do pre-peel them just because I'm usually in a hurry and I, want, I can't be bothered waiting for them to cool down. Um, when they come out of that, you boil them for 15, 20 minutes until they're soft. 
um, but not to the point where you'd mash them, so soft hard. And then you bring them out and, Carol, you cut them into halves or quarters, but the shape is important. I don't know what this shape is called. All I can suggest, it's like the... Um, you're drawing a dome in the air. Yeah, as you're a dome. Speaking. I am. It's like a hill, a low-level hill, right? So they must be flat on the bottom, so you can put them on your tray. But they must be dome-like. So you've got to cut your potato according to that. It's not as hard as it sounds. So you but, cut it in half, basically. Well, yeah, but <laughs> sometimes, but some potatoes are bigger. You see, so then you've got to cut the half in a half, and you've got to work out what's your bottom flat bit. Okay, so you must have a flat bit. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then with a with a slightly warm knife, because it makes it easy, just put slits in the top. So cut, 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 cut. So it looks like it's all a bit sort of feathered or razored. And then you either drizzle olive oil or if you have a brush, brush them all with olive oil. Be quite uh, be quite liberal with the use of that. Sprinkle salt and rosemary on them and then you cook them for, depending on your oven, 45 minutes, an hour. I mean, that's probably a bit too much, but my oven in... Um, my yeah. place at the beach is pretty weak, 180 degrees. But again, I actually have to put mine up to 200. So just sort of work it out. You know how to roast they, a potato. They, they were amazing. They were amazing. They are just delicious. They're so moist inside because obviously the oil runs through the slits, and they look really pretty as well. So you just you, you cook them until they're golden brown. It's just I think they're it's just a win win. So that's the recipe. Pretty easy, isn't I'm it? I'm going really? to I'm going to next. Have we done Annabelle Crab's glass potatoes? Yeah, you've done them before. Oh, they but are. But remember next week if you're doing a recipe because you mentioned fish tacos. Remember we said we got to, we've got to do easy stuff. Yeah, for fish Kelly, tacos. Okay? Fish well, tacos. Yeah, well, it could be complicated to some people. Oh, that. Well, I don't know. Look, it depends. Not the way I did them last night. Okay, so you're grumpy about what? Remember I mentioned the NBN last week and how they left those big yellow plastic... I drove past your house and saw the big yellow plastic mats. No, well, that, well yeah. Are they still there or orange? No, what well, colour they were? Well, Brendan rang up and complained. So they were they were there on rang Thursday. Rang up who? Oh, the NBN people, who the people who put <laughs> who in the NBN. Who would be Telstra? Who I, are I've they? Got, no, I, it's not something I, I dealt with. So we I got home yesterday... And not only this is what they've done; they've removed the plastic mat, the yellow plastic mats, rubber mats, whatever they are. The paver, the first paver inside our property, when you open the gate, has been raised and is just sitting there loose. They've just lifted the paver and haven't fixed it. So you could probably break your ankle walking into our house. They've put in. Oh, why don't you imagine the compensation? There was basically a hole outside our front Australian award-winning football. There's like a hole right outside our front gate. Breaks ankle They've and put in NBN. two new um, concrete sort of paver things outside with the holes in them, you know, those things. And then around them, they've re-bitumened um, the area or re-concreted um, or whatever. It's this, it's this sort of pebbly, gritty rubble that hasn't set and has got holes in it. It, Corey, you should see. It is just, it's completely defaced take, the entrance take, to our house. You should take photographs. Well, Demand compensation. Well, we're complaining. It's just ridiculous. The it, real estate value of our property has gone down, no, NBN. Take well, that. Because the government is, you know, sublet, because this has been sublet to outside contractors, these people are idiots and they're vandals. No, I'm Gosh. really upset about it. So that's what I'm grumpy about. Okay. Big deep breath now. Let's go on to nicer. Let's, let's go into nicer territory now. Caro, Deportment Queen Jude, June Daly Watkins died on the weekend, age 92. What a fine innings. And but Miss an Daly Watkins, my skin. Remember that? <laughs> when we were at school, we used to think it would, but was, but Miss Daly, what cleans my skin? And I, <laughs> 
And my mum had to say, no, no, darling, her, her name, name is, is Watkins. Dally Watkins. Miss Dally Watkins. This is from your mum who had Amit, <laughs> Amy, Amy Amit. <laughs> what was Amy? What was supposed to be Amy's name again? A, a dear friend of ours, Amit Atlas. That's right. Amy. I came home from school one day in grade two and said, I've made a friend called Amit Atlas. And mum said, darling, it's Amy Tatlas. <laughs> no, it's Amit Atlas. It's like my mother, when my brother was about four or five, he came in from kindergarten nativity play training and said to mum, Mummy, who's John Burgess? And mum said, what do you mean who's John Burgess? You know, round John Burgess, mother and child. <laughs> anyway, getting I back to June. I you baby John Burgess. <laughs> um, have you ever, what you're going to ask me if I've yes, ever learned deportment. have deportments. you ever learned deportment or etiquette or even done speech training or anything like that? No, mum wanted to send me to a speech therapist in junior school because I've got, as you know, a bit of an impediment, a bit of a lisp. Have Never you? happened. Um, in grade five, we had this wonderful teacher called Miss Solston who actually taught us modelling classes within the two teachers of grade modeling five. Modeling classes? Yeah, we used to do modeling. We learned how to walk properly. Well, and we you actually have did done. A, you have done We did deportment. a catwalk thing. But Miss June Daly Watkins was resurrected on that ABC series last year or the year before, those two crazy girls. Oh, oh yes. See, I girl. love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they used her a bit. They sort of almost sent her up but didn't. No, you can't never, send up I June Daly Watkins. I never knew she was engaged to Gregory Peck. Did I you know that? I didn't know that either. Yeah, that was on the news she over the weekend. She was a good looker in a day, I have to say. Corrie, would you ever go on a cruise? No. What Why is would it, you? What is it with all the travel magazines and newspapers and lift outs of every weekend paper? Yeah, cruise down the, the entire, Rhine, I mean, cruise to the Aegean. I just turn the page when I see cruise. Oh. I did it with The Australian the other day. And I, there was not, nothing left to read because every single article involved. I've never wanted to go on a cruise, and especially after what happened off the coast of Japan, I never will go on a cruise. Caro, Elizabeth Taylor, if she was alive, it would be her birthday this week. She'd be turning 88, and, of course, she died, I think, in 2011 or 12 from memory. What's your favourite Elizabeth Taylor movie? Oh, Corrie, so many. So Butterfield Eight, little no, not Little Women. That was pretty corny. Um, I loved her. Father in, of the Bride, with lo- Spencer Tracy. I love that. I loved her in Jane Eyre. I loved her in National Velvet. But I reckon my favourite ever Elizabeth Taylor film is uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Mm. I love that film. She was fabulous Big in that. Daddy. That was a great film. Um, yeah, Eighty eight. Gee. She just really made some bad choices, didn't she, later in life? Speaking of birthdays, do you, do you know any Leap Day babies? Well, I know two, actually. Our friend Jenny Smith. So happy birthday, Jen. Born on February 29th. And also Cynthia, my golfing friend, who was born in 1928. So she's actually turning 92. But really, as she said to me the other day, turning 23 and still feeling good. Now, I say my golfing friend, Caro, because I play golf with Cynthia. It is an honour and a joy to play golf with Cynthia. It's also quite handy because her course management, she knows she knows the club like no one else does. But it's such an honour to – this is why I think you and I love bridge or one of the many reasons you and I love bridge and golf, these sorts of things where there's a level playing field in terms of age and gender because of handicap systems and so on. But to play with older ladies – just put your name down, anybody, whether you go to a public course or whether you're in a club, just go and play with the older ladies because, gosh, you learn a lot about life. You learn a lot about golf as well, but it's always a joy to play with Cynthia. So you've, so, turned, you've turned a quick question into a leap day, baby, into extolling the virtues so of your all, all the, golfing life. All the le- the, le- lovely? the leapettes or the leapites, I think they're called. Happy birthday to you. Caro, I saw pictures on 
um, I don't know, it was Instagram or something, of your beautiful flourishing garden at the moment. Lots of herbs. What's your favourite herb? Oh, look, Corrie, it changes week to week. It really does. But I have to say, because of its scarcity and that you can't get it all year round, I have to say tarragon. I love tarragon. Tarragon with chicken, tarragon with tomatoes, tarragon with avocado. I remember um, my mum's great friend Sue McDougall once saying, I wonder who first put tomato and basil together. You know, I wonder who was the first person who made a roast lamb and thought, mmm, mint. You know, I wonder who the first person did oregano with Greek lamb. But I reckon, honestly, tarragon and chicken is the most unbelievable match made in heaven. Ironically, my two two herbs I cook with all the time, dill and coriander, are just a nightmare to grow and go to seed and don't look nice. Coriander so, is quite tense, isn't it? But it's very so hard to grow. You just buy it. You just got to cop it's, it. It's very gets suck very it up and agitated buy it. and just dies at the drop of it. Rocket does the same, and I love rocket too. But oh, my lemon thyme at the moment, Corrie, it is a picture, and my basil. But anyway. Moving on from my boasting about my garden, what's your GLT this week? My GLT, uh, you won't be surprised, Cara, to hear this is to do with weevils. <laughs> again? Mm. So you tra- haven't got them again. Tra- Tracy Sisson, my friend, and also uh, used to have a terrific food shop next to my old bookshop in Turak Road. Tracy contacted me the other day because she heard me yet again mentioning my pantry problem with weevils. Can Although you, I don't have any touch wood at the savoury muffin recipe. Ever since she closed that place, they've had the best savoury muffins. Well, Tracy sort of, listens, so can we have the savoury muffin oh recipe? Oh, my. Uh, look, it might be a bit complicated, Kelly, but I swear they were not. And I remember when I bought the first one, the girl behind the counter said, you'll be back. <laughs> and <laughs> they, you were. And, well, I was. Probably um, a good thing they've closed. Anyway, Tracy's solution is this. A garlic clove in every flour and rice container. Sit the clove in the baking powder or whatever to separate the clove from the food. Well, I don't but how do you that do means. that? You'll also, look, scatter some. You put it in scatter plastic? garlic. No, I don't know what she means by that. But anyway, I would just be putting the garlic in there. You can't there put garlic in flour because then your next no, I'm orange sure cake is a taste it. of garlic. Sit the garlic. Or maybe you put baking powder. Maybe you sit it. You put a little bit of baking powder on top of your flour and you sit it in the baking powder. And then when the time comes to use the flour, you just scoop the baking powder with the clove out. Maybe that's what she means. Anyway, we'll, we'll investigate that. She also I'm says scatter, scatter some garlic in your pantry cupboard. Will you know Joe, our friend, our slave? She says bay leaves, which I must say work a treat, putting bay leaves all over your pantry. Yes. Um, so that is the tip, garlic in your flour and rice containers. More information, please, next week, Corrie. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're so I, mean. Well, no, but I'm not going to have a garlicky well, taste. All right, Tracy, we need the savoury scone recipe and we need just a little bit. bit although you could put it in the in the rice because often you're cooking uh, boria rice that or something beautiful, with garlic. Um, soup she made just out of a very, very light stock with it was a vegetable We miss her shop. Oh, that was deal. the most fantastic Open up shop. another one, Tracy. Anyway, Caro, what a lovely uh, episode it's been. You're off to what Congress. A lo- what a lovely episode. <laughs> You're off to Congress been. today. Jane and I thankfully are not, and potties must be thinking they've dodged a bullet, that they also are not off to Congress, although some of your Congress friends said a hello to me the other night at a function uh, where I was speaking. You know they we've got a dress-up day. They, they came. Feathers and fauna. Feathers and fauna. Can you imagine an you entire... You sit there for eight hours playing bridge in your <laughs> ocelot onesie with your feather bow. 
timber. Got, a room full of simbers. I haven't got to the bottom of whether it's in a, a post A room full of 1920s or... hoofers. Oh. What? Are there you were men serious? there too. There were blokes. Oh, about a lot four, of them I play bridge. Oh, my lordy. Well, thankfully, no one I know. I tell you, I can. And it, any. Gals I'm, not, out I'm really there not having. I'm not having to a find no- a nice man. <laughs> I know of several bridge clubs around Australia where you should definitely go to. There are more men than women. Anyway, just saying. Oh, they're good. Look, I'm not having a crack at bridge. I do love bridge, and I loved all your Congress friends who came and said hello the other night. So hello to Jenny and all those girls. Please, all of you, not just the bridge gang, but everybody who listens to our podcast, please tell your friends to join us on our potting journey. It makes Carol and I feel good. It might help us attract a sponsor because, of course, we just do this for the love of it. But, um, <laughs> sorry, please put away your violin. Come on. But also, but also, if we are rated, if we get four or five stars, it helps other people find us because they go into what's a good popular podcast and then the family continues to grow. So it's really wonderful. Um, if you have any comments you'd like to make, any feedback, don't forget, of course, we have our email feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au and we also have our Don't Shoot the Messenger Facebook page where you can leave a message or, of course, Instagram and Twitter at Don't Shoot Pod. Uh, thank you, Miss Jane, once again, not off to Congress, Jane, are we? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, Caro, good luck with your rounds of, you know, I don't know, rubbers or whatever they're called. No, the, the, the Corrie, just I I'll, I'll report back next week. Don't and Good worry. luck with your flora and fauna outfit. I appreciate that, Corrie. Can I can I give Jane some of my herb pictures from my garden so oh, she can put them if online? If you have to. Uh, meanwhile, what, what are we saying to everyone? Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger.